Um, so I am here with my friend, Mariel Burke, and I have asked her to come share her story about the more of God. And I'm really excited to have her share her journey. So I'm just going to start by asking you a question of kind of explain to me what you thought about God when you first kind of got to know who he was as a little girl. So as a little girl, I just I guess I'll start by saying that um, I was born into a Christian family. So um, I already knew a lot about God that I thought I did. Um, it meant going to church every Sunday in a dress, doing memory verses every week and getting stickers, seeing the stories on the felt board, all that. Um, so that's how I was raised. And I loved it. I, I mean, I ate up all the stories and enjoyed going to Sunday school. Everything was um, fit in a really pretty picture. And it think it wasn't until I was about nine um, was when my mom was introduced to this you know Holy Spirit thing that we were kind of it was new for us but it seemed like um, the better way and so it was kind of a no-brainer to, to kind of shift from the more traditional setting to this better way which was pretty much you know the move of the spirit speaking in tongues um, casting out demons all that it just seemed so much more exciting so that's kind of where I was introduced and I was only nine so that's a pretty young age to begin you know speaking in tongues and actually casting demons out so that's kind of where I was as a child can you think about a time when you were little and you saw something like that happen where you just really saw that kind of stuff come to life and were you scared or were you excited more or um, kind of who pastored you through those kind of experiences? Like, did your parents talk to you or did your pastor talk to you? Those kind of things. Unfortunately, there was no explanation about anything. Um, my mom was in a, a deliverance ministry, and so we always had new converts at our apartment. And people would be set free from demon spirits. And, you know, I see, I see a girl kind of like wiggling as a snake on the floor and it to me I was just like okay she's been delivered you know it was just very matter of fact but I never understood any of the theology behind it so it was just more of just this is life kind of thing. So kind of growing up after that you were sharing earlier with me some experiences that you had that seemed kind of to kind of turn around your thoughts a little bit about what you were seeing when you were younger. So it wasn't until I started going to college that I started to realize that um, a lot of my experiences were not balanced with scripture, truth, and so I didn't have that love for the word that I thought I should have. And so when I um, I went to this Christian college and we were required to take New Testament and Old Testament as a, just a class to be in the school. And um, I was like, why am I still feeling so, like, reluctant? You know, I'm a biology major. I should be taking courses focused on my major. I was a little bit upset that I was forced to take New Testament survey and Old Testament. And then when I started reading reading a New Testament, I thought, I'll just get it out of the way and get it done. And I was on the top bunk of my dorm, and that was when all of a sudden um, John 17 just popped up to me. And as I was reading it, I started bawling in tears, and I'm like, Jesus is speaking to me. He's telling me that he's praying for me after he has, you know, left earth. And it became personal all of a sudden. The word of God came to life. It wasn't um, a duty anymore. It wasn't something I should do. It um, it started to be more of um, just loving the word and it coming alive. And I think that was when it shifted for me. And then I started to realize that as my past being, quote, Pentecostal, 
I placed a lot of that emphasis on that that pride I had of I pray in tongues, I speak in tongues, I know how to cast out demons, and that made me um, superior to some of my counterparts who didn't have that. But we're so much more loving and non-judgmental, um, so much more of the fruit of the spirit than just manifesting the gifts, but not actually displaying the love and the patience and that yeah, the character um, of the Holy Spirit. And that kind of that was a, a cognitive dissonance for me at that time because I'm like. I'm spiritful, but I don't display any of that. Whereas some of my not, you know, Pentecostal friends have so much of the fruit of the spirit that they were displaying in their character. So I started to, um, I guess, dig deeper and ask the Lord, like, who am I? And, you know, where am I? And that's when I started to just go deeper in finding out more about what it is. What's that more of, you know, it's not just being called a Pentecostal. What, what is that more of God besides the speaking in tongues and, and um, prophesying or um, healing the sick? So when you went on that exploration of what the more of God was, did you find all of that in scripture or how did you kind of pursue those kinds of things? So I started attending a Bible study series, um, BSF. And I know that there's, you know, a lot of tradition that comes with that study and I actually went with kind of an attitude like I'm not going to learn anything but okay you know but as I started to delve into the word of God it whetted my appetite and I just wanted more and I'm like I didn't know after all these years and by this time I'm in my late 20s that was when I was in a group of women where they had no idea what it it meant to be you know quote Pentecostal but they were caring for each other they spoke life into me and they had you know patience they were much more patient with their kids and their husband you know and then that sort of ministering to me that while I was moving in the gifts and you know exercising that I didn't allow that spirit to work in me to form and shape the character inside of me to be um, patient, kind, all the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where the, the transformation started happening. And I love how God even talks about that in first um, Corinthians, when he talks about the gifts of the spirit and how, if you can have all these things, but if you don't have love and the fruit of the spirit, like you said, it, it's just a clanging symbol. And so you were learning, you know, about how to have both, right? You both had to incorporate those two. So you're with these women and you're learning about those kinds of things. And how did you kind of merge those together, the, the, the power and the, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit to become who you are today? So I think that's, for me as a mother, I started to see that need um, in my children because they were raised in an environment where they knew the gifts of the Spirit. It was like me, normal to see a lot of these, and they never were enough in the Word to be able to understand the why. Why do we pray in tongues? And so it began for me to make sure that I provided both aspects to, to them and for them and that they understood the importance of um, being the word and understanding the wise and then moving in the spirit as well and making sure that we allowed the spirit to work in our hearts to produce that fruit and that character. Um, so I think for me it was transferred more into how I would raise my kids, you know, to see that they would learn to appreciate the, the two and kind of reconcile them together. So I met you at the church that we're currently at, and I know when you came into there, kind of where were you in this journey, and what were you thinking at the time when you came into this church? So I did come with a lot of my Pentecostal baggage, <laughs> I would say. Um, 
still the you know kind of the you know I, I need to perform I need to have my act together I need to you know make sure I, I, I speak in tongues and I, I pray the correct way and having been at Hope Chapel there's just so much freedom to know that I'm I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I've been set free. Um, and then be able to have my kids be in the youth where that that's being taught. Their identity is that they are children of the king. They're already forgiven. They're free. And they don't have to feel like if they did something wrong, they've lost their salvation. Um, I think I kind of also had still that little bit of that um, in me. Even you know, if I did something wrong and I went to bed that night without confessing it to the Lord, and if I died in my sleep, I would have been lost forever. You know, that was kind of that still like it just it's really hard to shake that off. Um, and so being at hope every week, I think I still I start to unpack some of that and peel away um, a lot of that baggage and to be able to experience that with my children and see them living that truth and freedom as well, life giving. So one of the questions that I really love to ask people is thinking back to who you were, um, either as a little girl who had seen all those things but really didn't understand them, or as the girl who kind of started seeing that disparity or that dissonance that you were talking about between the power of the Spirit but also wanting the the fruit of the Spirit in your heart and in your character. Like thinking about who you were what kinds of counsel or advice could you give to somebody who was in that situation about how to cultivate this life in the more of God? So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a conference junkie, but um, I would search out, you know, um, great conferences, and they were, and I would go to them and get really fed and spiritually high, but, um, in, you know, it's all good, but I started to realize that I was seeking the experience more so than cultivating that personal walk, the growth, seeking the giver out more than the gift. And I know it sounds cliche, but I felt that that was what was happening a lot more as I was going after the experience. I wanted I wanted to feel the goosebumps again, um, but I felt the Lord wooing me into that hiddenness and being um, just, you know, that the secret in the quiet place with him and just he and I alone. And those are the times when I started to feel his gentleness and his wooing even more. And I'm a crier. And so every time I'm alone with him and I feel the thickness of his presence is when I just start bawling and crying. And, and it's, I think those moments that are so intimate with him that I've learned to, to seek him and to love on him um, so that I wasn't just receiving. And I think that's one of the things that I've, I've grown to learn over the years is loving Jesus, you know, loving him because he first loved me and, and how he longs for me to just sit at his feet, just like Mary, because um, I am very much a doer and, you know, which is not bad, I know, but um, I tend to substitute work for earning my my goodness and where I am my standing with Christ um, and so sitting at his feet has been something that I've learned has been so rewarding and so I think what I would encourage others is yes the experience is wonderful going and getting fed and and being in an you know environment where everybody's you know sharing the same experience but it's mostly in the secretness that when he and I are alone in, in the garden, you know, and just walking with him, that's where the and then intimacy starts to form. So being alone with him, I think, is what I would say is, is the most precious thing for me. 
And I love how in those times of intimacy, he just reveals himself to us in a way that you really can't learn through your head. I mean, you just have to have that revelation through that intimacy with him. So thinking about those times that you've spent with him and who he's revealed himself to be to you in his character, like what are some adjectives that you would use to describe him in those moments? Well, he is my comforter. He is my strength. So you said adjective, and I'm using nouns. <laughs> like it's such a thick word. He's just loving, caring, patient, um, forgiving. Um, that second chance, you know, I always feel like I have a second chance with him. Welcoming, um, waiting for me. Uh, holy, you know, sometimes I do feel that holy awesomeness that is, it just makes you like freeze and you're, you know, you don't know what to do, but you know, it's his holiness that's there with you. Um, I don't know. It just all the goodness of the Lord goodness, you know, he's good. He's kind and patient. So those are some of the things that I experience when I'm, I'm alone with him. So one of my favorite songs um, is the more I seek you and the more I find you. And I feel like it's that when you seek him out, you start to discover a secret or, uh, you know, some a, a jewel. And then you fall in love with that. And then you all of a sudden discover something else. And it, it just keeps leading you to find out more and more of him. It's, um, it's like a forever, forever scavenger hunt kind of thing. You know, it, he's always showing you something new when you're seeking him out. And just, I think it's Jeremiah that says that, I will be found of him if you seek me with all your heart. I think I'm not sure which verse it is, but um, just whenever I seek him with all my heart, I do find a nugget somewhere. Yeah. I know you personally, and I know the way that you hear from God. I've heard you give prophetic words to people, and I know that um, it, it, it comes from a place of really loving on people well through words that God has given you. And so I, I know you have that relationship with him. And I'm thinking about people that I hear all the time people say, I just don't hear from God, or I don't know how to hear from God, or I've never had that experience. Like, I, I know the word, but I've never had that experience. Like, what kind of suggestions could you give somebody that feels like they've never really heard the voice of God I think you begin to recognize his voice when you obey him (laughs) and then you see the fruit and you're like that that's it that was you know that was what he was trying to say and it requires a lot of faith so like if he were to say and um, go say something to that person and it totally doesn't make sense but I'm like God okay I'm just gonna do it and then when I do do it and I do get confirmation then I start to recognize, oh, that's how I hear from God. So it's a lot of like backwards trying to, okay, so when I heard that it was actually his voice or when I felt that little, you know, heat down my my arm or that pain in my jaw, I wasn't really having pain that night. It was somebody needed prayer for their jaw pain and kind of just being more aware, I think, and, and then stepping out in obedience too. So I think it's really funny how God takes people full circle. You know, he he started you off with something where you already had experienced this. And then he brought you to a place where you went into a whole nother direction. And then he he's bringing you back around where he's incorporating the two in such a wonderful way. Like everything with God is just, it seems like, you know, it's truth and it's grace and it's power and it's love. And it's just such a, um, he was, God is just such a combination of both sides and it's cool because he's done that in your life he's taken you and he's incorporated both sides so you can see the full picture of kind of who he is I'm thinking of 
the scripture verse in Second Corinthians one four that um, God is the one who comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort those um, with the same comfort that we've received. And so, have you experienced that in your own life, where all these things that you've learned, it seems like God often brings people to you to minister the revelation that you've received. Have you experienced that in your own life? Yes. So, coming from a place where I had that, you know, some sense of elitism and pride and then all of a sudden realizing that I you know I lacked this the fruit and and the character and then seeing people who have been afraid to enter into that the fullness of being filled with the spirit because of the condemnation that they felt the judgment the hurt that they've experienced in some of these circles um, I feel like as I was praying that the Lord wanted me to um, apologize um, on behalf of these people um, to those that have been hurt and ostracized and and say that it is not the heart of the father to cause feelings of guilt condemnation but he's wooing them into the deeper things um, in enjoying the fruit of his spirit and, and being able to move in the gifts of the spirit without the fear of being condemned that, you know, you don't perform a certain way, you're not responding according to how we think you need to respond. Um, so I think as a person that has experienced both sides and wanting to reconcile, I feel like I'm in a position of bridging that gap and saying, you know, to my brothers and sisters that I'm sorry for the hurt. I'm sorry for the offenses. I'm sorry for turning you away from the greater things that God has in store for you. It's not about judgment or guilt um, that he wants you to experience the fullness of living life in the spirit. And so whatever lies and whatever um, condemnation or guilt that people have laid on you for not responding in a certain way, not not you know speaking in tongues, um, that is not the heart of the father. And that he longs to draw you to him. He longs you to enjoy the, the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, that he wants to move in you and through you. So thank you for saying that. I think that's beautiful. And I think he does use you as that bridge. And um, I'm just really grateful for you for sharing your story today. Anything else you'd like to share before we close? So, yes, I am a worshiper at heart. And I didn't really fully realize that calling. Um, and I'll, I'll just just describe when I was a little girl um, I was the worst musician in my family the youngest never practiced but I would sit at the piano and just bang on it and sing in the key of C um, any song that I learned at school and you know being in a Methodist school I had a lot of hymns so I would sing at the top of my lungs and my dad one day walked by and I think I was maybe 10 and he was like oh Muriel you're gonna be singing for the Lord and um I just laughed it off because, you know, I was totally untrained and didn't think I sounded decent. And so fast forward 20 years, I was asked to fill in the role of a worship leader when that person left and um, like to give you my two fishes and my five loaves. And I just said, Lord, this is what I have and um, ended up leading worship for 20 years. And it wasn't until halfway through that, that one day it dawned on me that when my dad said, for me, that I was going to be singing for the Lord, that he actually prophesied in that destiny into my life. And I was able to walk that out for 20 years. And just knowing the fulfillment of that just has been a great memory for that. And I love my dad for that memory and appreciate him for speaking that destiny into me. So I feel like maybe I want to worship a song with you. 
if if it's okay. And it's my favorite song. Do you mind if I play it on the piano with you? I just I get that's not really enough to to worship, but oh. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I love you. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lean back against you and breathe, feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace, it's overwhelming. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lean back against you and breathe, feel your heart beat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace, it's overwhelming. Lord, I just want to pray now for every person listening that your love would wash over them, that no other lover would satisfy except for you, God, that we would go deeper in love with you, and discover, Lord, the wonderfulness of Jesus. You can love me more in a moment than any lover could in a lifetime. There's no other love, no other love, Jesus. You can love me more in a moment than any lover could in a lifetime. Let your love wash over me. You can love me more in a moment than any lover could in a lifetime. Just Lord, I just pray that... Um, that we would find the more of you, God, as we seek you, as we press into you, Lord. And we would discover that you are so much more than religion. You are so much more than um, expectations that people place on us. You are the God that loves unconditionally and has poured out his love into us. So I just thank you for that. I thank you, Jesus. Amen.